G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God wants us to experience His blessing and prosperity. But it has to be said that sometimes success is harder to handle than failure. So often adversity prepares us for the prosperity God wants us to have. If we cannot stand in adversity, we certainly won't be able to handle the kind of success that God has in mind for us. So God sometimes allows us to go down in order that He can lift us up. But throughout this process of adversity, which prepares us for the great heights God intends to take us to, God has to be prepared to be misjudged by us. This is another aspect of the wonder of His being. He is willing to be misunderstood in order to achieve His purpose in our lives. Sometimes we're tempted to think or even say some terrible things about God. Then with the benefit of hindsight, we retract our words and end up praising Him for His infinite wisdom in all His dealings in our lives. One thing is for sure, when we see the complete picture from the vantage point of eternity, we will without doubt conclude He does all things well. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to the program. It's Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg. It's been an interesting week this week looking at the story of Job and the application for our life when bad things happen to God's people. And what a paradox Job was, Ken. There was no one as righteous as he was. God said so himself, and yet nobody suffered like he did. Yes, you remember James said you have heard of the patience of Job? Well, he had to wait a long time before the silence was broken and God came to him in his sufferings. So the climax of the book has been reached when we hear the voice of God speaking to Job out of the whirlwind. When all human explanation has been exhausted, God spoke. And God begins by asking Job some questions. What do you know about my creative ways? Where were you when I brought the world into being? You weren't even created. How was the world hung on nothing? How is it suspended between the various heavenly bodies in such a way that it can move in an orderly procession? What about the seas? Can you explain them? Can you explain the realms beyond death? How is light produced? What are the mysteries of snow and hail? What about the sun or rain? Who takes care of the desert? Who brings the rain to the desert, causing it to blossom, and no one sees it but God? Who understands the process by which ice is formed? Now, these, of course, are hard questions for Job, Mm. but they're just ABCs for God. And it really establishes who's who in the equation too, I think. And I really like that question too. Where were you when I brought the world into being? You know, that'd be a great one for an atheist, wouldn't it? Yes, I agree. <laughs> Some scientists talk with incredible confidence about the origins of the universe, but they weren't there. You yeah. know, maybe you should ask them. I agree. Uh, and God, of course, has got more questions for Job. He asks, what about the stellar skies? God created the laws that govern the constellations. And what about the atmospheric heavens? How can you explain his providential care over all his creation how would we cope if god gave us the responsibility of feeding the animal world as well as ourselves mm-hmm. what about overseeing them when they give birth to their young god's wisdom is infinite he flings out the stars with one hand and with the other gently assists 
animals in labour. Who made them all different, he asked Job, and gave them their instincts so that they all do what they were created to do. Some animals can't be tamed. They're not meant to be. Some, like the ostrich, are stupid. <laughs> God says, I'll take responsibility for that. He can outrun a horse, and yet it's so stupid it leaves its eggs in the middle of the road and just walks on. It won't take care of its young. Yet that is how God made them. Some animals, like the camel, show us that God has a sense of humor. Then, of course, animals like the horse show us how majestic he is. He certainly has a lot of questions for Job, doesn't he? Yeah, and Job says, <laughs> I think I might put my hand over my mouth at this stage. I did have a case prepared for you, but I, I think I'll forget it. But, <laughs> Phil, the good thing is that God doesn't want us just to lay down our case and forget it. He wants us to really work through this thing and to trust him. So he asks him some more questions about the bigger creatures. You know, we refer to the behemoth. We don't know what that is. Some people think that they actually could be dinosaurs or hippopotamus, elephant or whatever. But then he says, if you don't understand the God of nature... How will you understand the nature of God? Job is made to see that in creation, he would not have acted as God did because God's ways are so much higher than his. Now, here's the point, Phil. If Job could not understand creation, that is the works of God, how could he understand God himself? Now, of course, Job can trust God for creation. He he doesn't even think about it. You know, He just leaves it with God without understanding it all. Well, then he should be able to do that also with his life. If God can run this whole planet and world without him explaining what he's doing, yeah. we should be able to entrust our lives to God as well. What a brilliant answer that he gave to Job. But I guess what else would you expect from God? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But of course, God has got other things to say to Job, which we don't have time to look at now. But at the end of it all, Job says this, I've heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. But God goes on to vindicate Job for his integrity and actually reprimands his friends for the way that they acted. They made God out to be like a cosmic policeman who always catches up with the bad guys and punishes them and instantly rewards the good guys. So their theology insisted that a right relationship with God exempted one from suffering. So what they actually did is they distorted the true image of God. In fact, God says, I'm angry at the uh, the counsel of Eliphaz and his friends. You know, God says, I'm not impressed by the way that you've represented me. And at the end of it all, of course, Job not only gets back what he had in the first place, but twice as much. Yeah, God healed him and restored him and blessed him when he prayed for his friends. I think that's a good point, uh, Phil. You know, these guys were not nice guys, but, but God wants us to be restored even to those that offend us and, and do us harm. So he says, you pray for those guys and, and, and I'll bless them as well. Uh, you know, we, we need to remember that Jesus shed his blood for everyone, yeah. regardless of whether they are friends or enemies, and God loves everyone. So so Job, who's been forgiven, forgives as well. And as you say, he received twice as much back. Somebody said to me once, well, he didn't receive twice as many children. He, he got the same number of children as he had before. But, yeah. of course, the point is that he, he's still got those other children. They're in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> so, that's true. So he did get twice as many. You know, you got some were in heaven and the others were just on earth. Yeah. The whole subject of suffering is something we have to all deal with at some point in our lives. And as you said, right at the beginning of the week, no one can answer all the questions about suffering in this life. So if you've got something we can wrap up with that's, you know, good practical stuff to finish off this week. Yeah, I think the most important thing uh, that we've been saying, Phil, is that there are some things about suffering which God cannot explain without destroying the very purpose that they are meant to fulfill. Mm. Uh, Job had to be brought to the place where he could trust God when he couldn't trace him. 
Uh, God didn't explain why Job had suffered. He just revealed himself at the end. And our greatest need is not necessarily answers. We think it is. You know, we think we need to know the reasons yes. behind everything. We, that's not actually our biggest need. Our, our greatest need is for God himself. And, and God came and revealed himself to Job, and that was enough. Now, regarding this um, question of the seeming delay in God's justice, uh, if reward and punishment were immediate, as as you know, Job's comfort has said, you know, okay, if you do wrong, you're immediately going to get punished. That's what's happened to you. If you do right, you'll get blessed, and it'll be instant. Now, if that were true, the motivation for doing the right and shunning the wrong, the wrong rather, would be mercenary and selfish. You know, we'd only do the right thing to get instant to get blessings the reward, yeah. and stop doing, you know, stop doing things like lying because we didn't want our nose to grow any longer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, d- divine delays are important to the growth and development of faith. Uh, there could be no moral universe under any other system. God wants voluntary, not coerced love. Love that's coerced by immediate penalty for sin is not really love at all. Mm. And the book of Job really is quite unique in all of the Bible, isn't it, the way that it deals with suffering? Yeah, well, it's the only book that really specifically is given to that subject. So you could say that the Bible would be incomplete if the book of Job wasn't there because we would really be asking a lot of questions. Now, the book doesn't give us uh, an explanation to everything, but it certainly gives us some insights that um, help us to think a little bit outside of the box. Um, Faith, ultimately, Phil, has to be tested. And God's delayed reaction to good and bad makes way for us to make decisions on a moral basis and to live by faith. And that's what Job is all about, is uh, learning to trust him when we can't trace him. Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book Grace Roots, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.